it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Hello and welcome to... 2018's first Arsenal Opinion podcast. I'm here with Alfred. Hello, hello, hello. I'm here with Matt. Hi, Pete. Uh, and we, we're in a brand spanking new, exciting studio in New York. So this is, uh, this is the AO professionalizing today. So we're very excited about that. I feel like we've made it. Yeah, Gotham Podcast Studios. That's an exciting name. It's very exciting. Name. Very exciting. Um, so we didn't initially expect that we'd have much to talk about. Nottingham Forest felt like it was going to be a run-of-the-mill FA Cup third-round game. Haven't been knocked out in the third round since 1996. Against 90- Sheffield United. Against Sheffield United. Turns out that it's probably going to be a bit of a, a barnstorming podcast today because that wasn't the greatest performance. Um, but before we get into that, there's been a bit of a winter break. There's been no AO for four or five weeks now. No, four. Four, about four yeah, weeks. Yeah, four weeks. About four weeks. Um, we opted for the German winter break. Uh, no fatigue here, so this should be nice and high energy today. Yeah, we got over yeah. it. Got over a few niggles. I miss you guys. I really have. I missed you too. So glad we're back. That's so sweet. Um, uh, New Year's resolutions. What we? What's going on? Because it's uh, there's a lot of dryness going on. It's a lot of dryness. We're doing dry January, aren't we? We're trying to do dry, dry January. Uh, <laughs> We're been, like seven days in. It's been it's January the seventh, which means we've done. I've done six days because obviously you don't start dry January on January the first. That's for like getting over the hangover with a couple of beers. But yeah. you start on the second, and 
It's been pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely difficult. To, I didn't. Qu- I never quit. I never do the dry January thing. I, just... I've been doing. I, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling refreshed. I'm. I'm thinking about like expanding this stuff to like maybe a clean eighteen or something like that. Clean eighteen is that's so aggressive. <laughs> Unless you've got a real alcohol problem, I, which I, I do. Yeah, I quit. I quit meat. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. I quit meat. That's bad for you. No reason at all for it. I don't even know why. I you don't know, even know why I did it. You know, I was a vegan from like age thirteen to uh, twenty. Vegans too far. Yeah, too far. Seven years. That's of that. the true dry January. Oof. Vegan Yeri, or whatever they call it. Vegan Yeri? Vegan, <laughs> vegan Yeri. Let's never say that again on this pod. Uh, over the winter break, I went back to London to take in a game or two. I went to see Arsenal versus West Ham, which was challenging, to say the least. It, it was actually sold out. We tried to buy tickets outside the uh, outside the gate, and we couldn't get in. And uh, thanks to one of one of our friends... He has wheelchair access, and we got two tickets of five pounds. And I, I felt bad about paying five pound for that game. It was that bad. <laughs> uh, I went to the Newcastle game in the in the beginning of of December, and that felt bad. Uh, I made up for it though because I went to see the Liverpool game. Ooh, that was terrible, but good. It was an exciting game. That was an exciting. Game. No getting cold in the stands that day. <laughs> so. Uh, I went to the Palace game. Oh, you went to the Palace game? I went to the Palace game, yeah. How was that? Uh, it was fun. Um, Jack Wilshere putting the strings, 3-2 win. Uh, and it was that same Palace team that almost beat Manchester City the next game. So uh, it's always good to get to an away game, uh, just because the home games are... Everyone's, everyone's so moody at the home games now, aren't they? There's not, there's not really like a lot of love behind the team, I don't find. The the atmosphere at the Liverpool game was absolutely toxic. It was it, you know you know I am I am a miserable fucker, but that was that was horrible. I felt myself sort of leaning over my shoulder and being like, oh, "Calm down, mate. Like, it's, it's, we only conceded one." But wouldn't you find a person behind you weird who was like cheery and happy and like just you know calling on the team and you don't get you used to get it if you back in the day if you said something aggressive about an Arsenal player or Arsene Wenger, you might get punched in the face. No longer. No You're getting a punch in the face if you say something nice about us. Yeah. Wenger. Wenger in. Like, Poof. Yeah. This, this is the new normal. But this it, is the new normal. But this, uh, the result really, uh, really, it nearly made me uh, end the dry January. Because if there was a result that made you want to start drinking again, it was this one, wasn't it? Yeah. Playing against uh, 14th placed Nottingham Forest in the championship. They've, uh, they've, I think they've won one game in their last seven. Do they even have a coach? I don't think they've got a coach. <laughs> They're looking to buy a new goalkeeper. I think seven seven of the players out there today were under twenty three from their academy side, uh, and we were comprehensively taught a lesson today. Well, they scored four goals, and I don't think, they've, I don't think they've scored four goals all season. No, and we haven't let in four goals in the FA Cup third round since nineteen oh six. Wow. We're starting to beat some really old records now, which I which I'm excited about. Yeah, and we're not we weren't going to make history at all this season. Like there were there were going to be no memorable games that we'll look back on, but that game will now be on all of the magic of the FA Cup roundups forevermore. <laughs> like forevermore, it's true. That was an historic moment we witnessed today. Yeah, um, for all the wrong reasons. So it's. It's difficult to really get to the bottom of what was so bad about today because there were so many things that were bad about the game. So we're going to we, let, let's break it up. Um, I think we should probably start 
on the defensive side of things because it was uh, we've got a depleted first team defense as it is. Um, we lined up with uh, Permat Saka, Debushi, and uh, and Rob Holding. Initial thoughts? Yeah, um, and I think you know it's our first pod of the year. We're just easing our way in, but. This if is not easing our if way there, in. If there's one thing <laughs> that's actually going to get me really angry, it's talking about our defence today. So let's just start. Um, oh, well, we could start anyway, but I'm going to start with Per Mertesaka. Great servant to the club. Great guy. The guy should be nowhere near, uh, a, 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 nowhere near playing. The guy's finished. It's it's sad to see when a, when he scored. You, it doesn't matter when there's someone <laughs> there's someone who's probably played about two two games for Nottingham Forest and he's and he's and he looks like Lionel Messi against Mertesacker and this is a guy who was never blessed with pace but he also always had a sense of positional awareness and he was always able to read situations now he just looked like a slow old man uh, and you really look back and you go, thank God he managed to pull something out of the bag against Chelsea in the FA Cup last I, year. I mean, that. how did he manage how that? Did, how how did, with that lack of pace? That was, it was just, it makes you look back on that day and go, that was just one of the luckiest results in history. And they should have all just retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> give it up. Venga, the lot. Because Mertesacker is, 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 is abysmal now and uh, and should never should never be allowed to set foot on. Uh, and I think someone actually, someone said that recently when he played. And I hadn't, I hadn't seen quite how bad it was, but it's really bad. So he uh, was was dismal. Big uh, failing German. Big failing German. Alongside him, another hero of that FA Cup final victory, who has seen his career completely implode in a matter of four months, disappearing faster than his hairline. Rob Holding. Sorry, Alfred, you don't like it when I make those jokes. You and your hairlines. I know. Obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. Jeez. I mean, uh, what has happened to that guy? He he, he basically got uh, ripped a new one at Liverpool earlier on in the season. And uh, and since then hasn't recovered. His confidence seems just seems gone. He he looks as slow as Mertesacker. Uh, and it's, 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 I know that, um, you know, as fans, we're prone to hyperbole, but I, it's difficult to see a way, way back for his Arsenal career now, I think. He needs to... I, I was thinking during the game, he needs to go out on loan. But where? Thinking, what, to what, Nottingham what, Forest? Well, which, which Premier League club would take would take the risk on having him on loan at the moment? He was he was well and truly humiliated no by one. Sam Brereton yeah. today. I mean, it is astonishing. Um, I saw a tweet that we had spent £100 million on Mustafi holding... Chambers, Gabriel, and Lucas, and and is it Lucas? I think no, five CBs. Anyway, oh, centre back, sorry. That we that we've spent a hundred mil on now, and I just do not see where the future is coming from there. And uh, it's just astonishing uh, how how many of them we're getting in, and now we have this young Greek guy. But but still, it's as, just... I, as I said to Alfred, we're not uh, we're not rich enough uh, to buy cheap things. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, then. Um... Then you but, had Debushi but, as well. Yeah, first aid Debushi. So Deb- my, my highlight of the game was just when he went over to Spina and relocated his finger. I thought that was just beautiful. Yeah, that was that was really sort of like out in the woods, out in the forest yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> like like army, did, army barracks yeah, training coming in. Where did you learn that? So 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 Debushi uh, was woeful. I mean... But what, um, do you, what do you think the core problem is? Because uh, uh, like, Per Metasaka is over. Yeah. Um yeah. like he's it, like he he's just lost that pace. He's in rapid physical decline, sadly. Um but Debushi's not a 
terrible player. Rob Holding has shown glimpses. Like remember, it, it was only maybe this time last year where Wenger was saying, "I'm sorry that he didn't cost 50 million." Uh, and, and Arsenal fans were actually drawing parallels between Rob Holding's value as a two and a half million pound player and the, the lack of value in John Stones. How laughable that is now! But he's not a terrible player, and I I, I wonder if like how much of this is about coaching. Well, I think there's a number of reasons. One is uh, I don't think that they're well drilled defensively. Two is they're certainly not uh, well drilled well drilled as a team in terms of how midfield works with defence uh, and how the team defends as a whole. Thirdly, I think just wholesale changes of the whole of defence and the whole of midfield nowadays makes it very, very hard for players to come in and perform. Like You need to keep some continuity uh and then finally i just i actually don't know what the finally one is i just think that's enough reasons but debush is not a center back either like he's also out of position and like there is we we have this weird ability to never play people in the right positions in the back uh we don't do it in the front either maybe but in the back especially it's just like why is that always an experiment why does it always feel in pretty much every single game we play that it's never 100% um, perfect when it comes to to even where they should be on the pitch. Well, I think you can do it occasionally. It's like the way Guardiola's done it. Did it with Lam. He does it with Delph. Uh, and you can convert players to try and counter certain opposition. You know, Victor Moses has been like, he, he set the example for everyone, didn't he? But, but it, ha- it has to be strategic, doesn't it? It, yeah. doesn't, it's not, it can't be out of necessity. It has to be, I believe yeah. this player could probably move into midfield or move back from midfield mm-hmm. into a centre-back. Yeah. Or, you know, I need a passing centre defender or, or whatever. And yeah. then and then Maitland-Niles, um, who I really have come to like quite a lot yeah, over I the agree. last few games. He's, he's really, after a couple of, uh, a few games where you're just like, who the fuck is this bloke? Uh, you're suddenly, uh, particularly that Liverpool performance, I thought, uh, where he really added anything, and the Chelsea game, uh, you, you began to see uh, what Wenger sees in him. Um, but he looked off the beat today. Uh, well, the young players get tired. Yeah, like if you if like playing yeah. at that yeah, sort of, of uh, at that sort of level, um, that and we have it consistently, don't we? Like Awobi was really good for the first five or six games that he played. I mean, I, when I say really mm. good. That's a, a little bit of a stretch. But, but, I, I got to say that people are getting excited about Maitland-Niles because he's not fucking up. And I just never get excited about that stuff. Like, I, I cannot I cannot take the posters out of a game that someone didn't fuck up. That is low standards for Arsenal Football Club, I think. I but think I, it was he looks comfortable on the ball. He looks like a modern, mod, whatever that means now, but it, we, we tend to use it. He looks like a modern-day footballer and that he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's very quick, fast in recovery. Chris Parser plays uh, with both feet. Plays with both, like you know, he's got a lot. He's clearly got a lot going for him. But the whole, the, the com- per- comfortable on his feet, just like you know, yes, he's a footballer. He should be comfortable on his feet. It's like congratulating yeah, but, Pete on articulating. No, but, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of a lot of defenders who are much more uh, industrial in their approach. And but he's not a defender. But if you were going to be strategic, Maitland Niles. But if you were well, going to be strategic about Maitland Niles, um, you would see. The massive problem that we have at, at the base of our midfield and the lack of physical presence there, the lack of mobility, the lack of confidence at the moment. And I, I would much prefer to see him playing at the base of midfield today over Willock. 
yeah. who who definitely struggled. Like, like stop playing. Like I understand why you're playing a left back. Well, I, I understand why you're playing him like on the left uh, in the Chelsea game. But I don't really understand why when he's got the opportunity to play in his position. Yeah. You sh- like because the future of our midfield could be Maitland Niles, Jack, um, and, and Ramsey. Like yeah. that would be quite a devastating force. And mm-hmm. we've really lacked um recovery pace, um, ability to break the lines, um, just using your own using your pace and your physicality. And and Jacka looks shot to pieces at the moment. And that would be a nice way to rotate in and rotate out. Like you might not have to go and spend forty million on a on a proper defensive midfielder. But again, he's he's out on the left today, and I, I don't know. It, it feels like Wenger ruins players uh, when they've got the ability to play all over the park. Like just because Chamberlain can play seventeen different positions, doesn't mean that you have to make him play seventeen different positions. If we'd given Chamberlain one specific role to learn, would he be a better player, and would he still be with us now? Possibly. Yeah. But the bottom line is our defence were terrible. Yeah. Uh, and in recent weeks, they've been terrible every week, whoever the personnel have been. So we conceded four today, two against Chelsea, could have been five. Um, before that, West Brom, West Brom, West Brom, terrible. Liverpool, we conceded three, could have been five. Um, suddenly, from somewhere, and this is, and, and frequently playing with five at the back, <laughs> not just not just four. So this is, the uh, we, we we changed our formation to give us solidity. Now we've even when we've got an extra man at the back, we're terrible defensively. Still, uh, it's just you can't win football matches where you're conceding four goals. You can't win football matches where you're conceding two goals normally. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a huge problem. And you know, just what you were talking about with Maitland Niles and and centre mid, and Bennett is going to have to look at restructuring the team somehow because we can't we've got we, we've got to stop conceding i i think the main issue and, and you can always see when it's going badly for arsenal the first thing they stop doing is communicating and talking to each other i think there were i couldn't see a single moment today when ospina talked to someone on the pitch if you compare that with like an edison or or pretty much like half of the goalkeepers in in premier league they are constantly chatting um, to to the back line, and Ospina, the like the first goal, he he just stood there and he looked around and he was just like, he didn't say a word to anyone about anything, and he you know it was the simplest goal you could possibly have scored, and that was due to lack of of communications, and that's where it has to start and where you have to build up like. When you have young players like holding and stuff, like scream to them constantly, go to the left, watch this guy, do this, do this, do this. But they're just left on their own there without any sort of direction. Koscielny does it. Like he he, he loves a directed defense, but today it was just like, it was just silent back there. But is there, because uh, we've been talking about all the, you know, how bad the defense is, but is, is it uh, a psychological issue? Mm-hmm. I would 100% agree with you that it is. And I, I was thinking about this um, during the game. And actually, like for most of the last three or four years, we hired um, we hired a guy called um, Priestley, Dave Priestley, I think his name is, um, from the Saracens um, three three years ago. And he came in uh, with a lot of fanfare, like in the in the media, talking about what he does um, for teams. And I'm struggling to see what impact. The guys had. I know that I worked for. I worked with the Saracens uh, for a year, like very closely. 
uh, when they when they moved stadium uh, in Finchley. Uh, so I have a bit of an understanding of how that club um, worked. And I was I was there when they were they were the they were the kind of the Chelsea of rugby, but they just couldn't. They just at the final hurdle they'd fall down. Uh, then he leaves, and Saracens go on a record-winning run of like bringing trophies in, and we hire a psychologist from a club that can't get it over the line and with with the best players. So I'm, I can't understand how we can still show no signs of improvement in three years. Like what 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 is the club doing about psychology? Because arguably we've been weak the whole time under Wenger to a certain degree. Like even back in the day, um, if something bad happened in the season, it would take the team three or four games to recover. Like after the Invincibles... Uh, yeah, we, we should have we should have won it. More, we should have won a European Championship. We should, we should have won more league cups. More, yeah. more leagues, not more league. We should have won more league cups as well. Yeah, I mean, look at the look at the collapses uh, by Munich. Look at um, look at how broken our players look. Awobi out there today looked like he was going to hand in his notice. It looked like he just wanted to pass the ball and say, "Look, I quit. I'm done with this." Theo Walcott hasn't developed from a mental standpoint. Theo, what is going on there? That was. <laughs> He just didn't run for the balls either. There was two moments where he just stopped in his tracks and like looked back at the person passing to him, and the ball was just perfectly playable. He needs a coffee machine. I think he needs another coffee machine. Yeah, and, and what's uh, triple what exact, shots? Yeah, so I, I wonder when um, when Ivan Gazidis is going through this big restructure and he's looking uh, like all these people that he's had, like hiring great people and interesting people is one thing. Holding them accountable for their work is another thing. If Sven uh, Mislinstack, I can't say his name, um, if he comes in uh, and in five years we haven't unearthed any good players, then you move him on. If your team psychologist has been in for three years and your team has gone backwards from a psychological perspective, he should be moved on. I mean, you could argue we've won three FA Cups. Well, oh yeah, but now we're not going to win one this season, are we? Yeah. I think. I, I mean, just I, I think there's something interesting about um, what this will mean as well to us in terms of the FA Cup because that has been the defense that Wenger has had going into all the previous seasons. Well, at least we're still in the FA Cup, and that's a valuable trophy, and blah blah. blah. We're not going to have this now. I wonder what this is going to mean. Well, this way he's going to go all in on the League Cup, right? Well, the League Cup. I mean, come on. We, we a we're not going to be Chelsea over two legs but but secondly it's just like the state of the club at the moment is incredible I think we're 23 points off the top after 22 weeks which is the third worst we've been in the Premier League era the we were 24 behind when we were rebuilding in 04 or 05 and the last time before that when we were 26 points behind or something was in 92 or something like that like we are doing so badly we're out the cup like I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see how long he can talk about this conspiracy and yeah. blaming the refs. The one, the one thing I will say is, just amongst the doom and gloom, is going forward uh, against Liverpool, against Chelsea, I thought we were exceptional at times. And, um, you know, there is still a huge amount of creativity in the team. I mean... We we didn't see much of that though today, I guess. But uh, you know, do you not feel that that gives us something at least to look forward to? The fact that there is a lot of creativity in this squad. I mean, today there was nothing. There was not a sim single creative player. The only one we've seen over the last couple of games is Wilshire, who is bringing a little bit of uh, of creativity back. It's it's just like I think everyone was like, you know, when. Um, 
um, a little Czech friend retired a couple of weeks ago and we were watching the highlights and I'm like, wow, look at the creativity of that. Like you never actually knew where the ball was going to go. And the same thing, I, I, for some reason I was watching a couple of reels of of um, Alex Schleb and, and then Casola. like there's no creativity left. And that's kind of what I miss the most. I think I can forgive our team for anything as long as it's creative. Uh, because as long as we have that bit of unpredictability in, in midfield and where the ball is going to go, uh, I can forgive him for everything. Ursel has been shiny and he's been fantastic, but that is uh, like in the end third. That That is not in the middle of the park. And it's it always feels like there's a like there has to be a moment of luck to like even get the ball to Ursel these days. And I, 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 I part disagree with you there like I, I haven't got the exact numbers um, with me but I know that in December I totted up over five games that we'd had like 100 chances and we'd hit the target like maybe like 14 or 15 times like United we had 33 chances um, do you think and people keep on forgiving well if, lack- we, if we're going to compare ourselves to United I think we're an exceptional squad in a lot of ways but but, but I think we keep on forgiving Lacazette uh, for getting bad service. And then on the other hand, we're saying we should give Ozil uh, a £350,000 a week contract because he's so good at providing service. So I think the disconnect is that uh, Lacazette hasn't really delivered. Like We're all very happy with him, but he's not putting the ball in the net. And he cost, you know, he's a £50 million player. Like, what, so what's, so what, are we, what are we saying? That, that Ozil isn't creative enough or he isn't creating the right chances or that we're not converting them? Or people people aren't taking enough responsibility for. I think I think there's a number of reasons, but I, I still think it all comes back down to defence, which is when you're two goals down, you have to play in a different way, and we're always chasing games. And when you're chasing games, it never feels like you can build properly. Like there's some solidity. Like you can try and get a foothold in the game. You can try and get some possession. You can build attacks. It's always like, oh shit, we're two nil, two down. We've got to get one back before half time, otherwise there's no way back into it for us. And we've always been a bit like that. We're, we're very, very reactive to bad situations. <laughs> we're quite impetuous, I think. Where sometimes it's like, okay, so, like, you know, it's like the classic. It's like when you go a goal down, it's like don't concede another. We're the opposite. We go a goal down, it's like got to get one back in the next three minutes, otherwise it, there's always that sense of it. Uh, and I think you know, you look at a game like today when we when we went behind and you know you just sort of struggled to see how we were going to get back into it because we lost all shape offensively you know we just bought on a load of strikers we had like and there's that farcical <laughs> moment Eddie Chubba yeah and you're just like oh god I mean there is a point where it goes why didn't we just bring up like Sanchez and Ozil and whatever else and put them on the bench so but, uh, a, a terrible game a terrible result, but were there any bright sparks at all? A lot of youth in there today. None of them performed, did they? I, I, there was one or two moves by Reese Nelson where he does that thing. You don't understand why the defender is falling over because it doesn't look like he really did something, but he does. He has that amazing ability of uh, of tripping people over just with his body language, which I think is fantastic. It's, it's his Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, but but otherwise, no. No, and. Uh, when you read that Arsenal are holding out for £30 million for Theo Walcott, do you think we should continue that stance? Or like, what do we think of him I think, today? I think He's not playing for his career, is he? I hate Theo Walcott. <laughs> and uh, I wish he would uh, die. So, uh, <laughs> and on no, that note, no, uh, no, no, no. I think should we finish the first part of the pod?
Welcome back to part two of the Arsenal Opinion podcast, and we are going to take on penalties. There's um, a lot of conspiracy theories going on around the internet at the moment. Arsene Wenger is convinced that the Referees Association is against him. Uh, <laughs> and looking at some of the horrendous decisions that have gone against Arsenal recently, it's hard not to believe that maybe there's an inkling of correctness about what he's saying. So uh, four penalties in three games. Um, if, if, there, if there's ever um, a reason not to take on referees and call them corrupt, it's this little run of bad decisions that have gone against us. Um, but so West Bromwich Albion, we'll start there and we'll go around the room. Uh, that was uh, the cutback by Kieran Gibbs into um, the hands of Chambers penalty or no penalty? No penalty. No penalty. No penalty. So we've got uh, Roundhouse, right? So we'll give that, uh, that's, a, that's a full house. And that was the decision that led to uh, Wenger's uh, ban. Yeah. I, when they say abuse as well, abusive behaviour, like I, it wasn't abuse. And bear in mind, we're 1-0 up with a couple of minutes left. So it's not a, uh, it, 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 it dramatically affected the result of the game. Yeah, completely. We, we can discuss that later. Uh, Chelsea, Eden Hazard, uh, Bellerin lightly touches the underside of his boot and he collapses in a crumpled heap. Doesn't matter. Don't do that in that situation. Pen. And oh. I also think pen. No pen. Can, <laughs> can I just refer you to the goal that Hazard scored against us last year when uh, Coquelin was like in, in, on his back, basically, <laughs> and he still managed to shake him off, push through and score a goal. And then now people want to tell me the, like that light touch under his foot and the complete reworking of his body to collapse. You have every, I don't think you, you need like to kick someone's foot off in order it, for it to be a pen. You have every right to go down if yeah. you're touched in the box. Why, why do you? Like, what, what, contact is not illegal in the box. Have you watched Alexis Sanchez? Have you watched Hazard? He's a cheat. No, he's, he's not. He's a, he's a cheat. He is a cheat. He consistently does that against Arsenal. Okay, so we're all agreed that that wasn't a penalty as well. <laughs> um, Nottingham, Nottingham Forest today. This really is a sorry list. Um, we have uh, Rob Holding. Clear Cle pen. Yeah, pen. Clear pen. Definitely a penalty. I don't think he realised where that player was, did he? He thought it was just sort of... I don't think he meant to tackle him. I think he was just trying to turn himself and the guy just came... Didn't realise the guy <laughs> got the ball back and was charging three. Yeah. He, it was a, a sad moment for poor old Rob Holding. Yeah, it was like a carry-on film watching his second-half performance, wasn't it? Just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, and then the Debussy penalty later on. Pen. Pen. I don't think that was a penalty. He got, he, that the, was a good the, tackle. The reason people no. will say it wasn't a pen is because he got some of the ball. But you can't go in from behind and take the man as well. And he did both those things. <laughs> and, and, and also he just made it look extra reckless just for the fun of it. But he did get the ball. He got the ball first. But that doesn't matter if you get the man as well and you're coming in from behind. Okay, and then uh, the, the final one to cap off um, the, all these surrender decisions. Uh, was it a goal when he double kicked the ball? What are we saying? Was that a goal? Should does Wenger have a case? He should have. It should be. It should have been replayed. Been well, replayed. I think it's actually an uh, indirect free kick in that way. It wouldn't have been a replay. I think it's. They, I think it's retake. No. Yeah. Okay, you've been so, reading the uh, Football Association rules, Alfred. I, it was a tweet that came along. Uh, okay, so the the only one that wasn't a penalty, that if we're going by uh, this panel 
of, of bias. Where's the first one? But Where's can the I, first one? Can I ask you a question, though? Yes. It's the reason we are six in the league and out of the FA Cup penalties. No, this is a different point. But I, think, I think you can still say those penalties were unfair and that decisions have gone against us and that you need virtual assistant referees. Except we're saying that only one of them was... Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that you're wrong. And I think that you're being unfair. Can I give? Uh, I'll tell you another stat on penalties. It's more depressing. I'd love to know what the average is. We've conceded every single one of our last twenty-seven penalties. David Seaman rolling in his retirement home. I mean, I don't like Peter Cech. I'm going to say it. I just don't like him. I think he's like a. I, don't, I just think he's Chelsea, a Chelsea mole. Chesney, <laughs> Chesney over at Juventus has uh, kept more clean sheets. Than goals he's conceded, so he's nine clean sheets for Juventus. He's only conceded six goals. It, it does help when you haven't got Rob Holding in front of you. And yeah, that's like a very very fair point. Yeah, I still wouldn't have Chesney back. But even. I think I think even the fact that we are discussing this is part of Wenger's last kind of distraction plan. This is the last thing he has, and he's clutching after straws because we are doing worse than we have under him since '04. And he he didn't know what he was going to do in order to distract people from this fact about how badly it's going. We're losing our two best players and we have no plan for the future. And he, I think he picked up Alec Ferguson's um, biography where he was like, when you have nothing else left, blame the refs. Start a war on the refs. It's the Donald Trump. It's the dis- distraction yeah. t- tactics. It, it's just distraction the- tactics. The fact that we had... We were one nil up against West Brom. That's poor. The fact that we the refs were against us, we we like got a pen against us in the last second. I don't care. Like you should have been two nil up. You should not have been in that position in the first place. What, what are the real stats that we got? Uh, Twelve points from a possible twenty four, and during that run of games, we played five teams from the bottom eight, and we've just gone out of the FA Cup to Nottingham Forest. That's cut. That's the real story. That's the story. Yeah. Yeah. And and I really think that like. In, in terms of refs, another point which is idiotic from from Wenger is if if you're struggling a little bit and your team needs luck, don't go out and antagonize the people in charge of luck. Like, why would you possibly, at that moment in time, be, I don't like refs, they're all horrible, they don't know what they're doing, because look what happened after he did that in the West Brom game. Three more pens. It's like, you know, why do that to your team? Completely agree. Very good. Yeah. And then, what do we have now? Um, we should talk about... So, so what should we say? Maybe a... the segue is onto Sven is to say, so do you think this is do you think this is panning out exactly as Gazidis foresaw it? Mm. And is that part of, you know, the rebuilding? Is, is, there, is he parallel pathing a rebuilding program alongside this shit show of a season? Yeah. Okay. When we do the video, does the video can the video cut to when we're uh, yes. when we're actually oh brilliant. That's, Should I do this intro? Uh, yes. Yeah. So there's something horribly predictable about the way this season is turning out. Who would have thought uh, that we would slowly sink into mediocrity? But that's exactly what's happening, and I think it's probably exactly what Ivan Gazidis thought would be happening. If Wenger stayed, uh, first question to you guys is whether you know this is exactly what he thought was going to happen. And the second question is: Is do we think that he has 
parallel pathing uh, a new future for Arsenal while while Arsene Wenger remains in charge with uh, recent backroom signings. Yeah, I think there was um, I think there was some interesting things that happened in the summer. Um, the first uh, the first part was Wenger saying about the the sporting director that he wouldn't work under one, uh, and then it was almost like his compromise on the catalyst for change was Burgess, uh, who came in from Australia, who seemed very unneeded considering our injury record of late. So he came in as like head of performance, and then we uh, signed the Hus um, to look after the contracts, and then. We had a car crash in the transfer window. Dick Law left, um, and there we didn't have a very good window. And then he signed Raul Sanelli from Barcelona and Sven um, from Dortmund. And it was obviously Raul Wenger. And, and the, it's, it's interesting watching him in the media at the moment because two weeks ago, he was like, I know everybody in the game. Yeah, I, I knew these guys he were called, coming he in. He called Dortmund a small club as well, right? Uh, I, I, he says something about um, he doesn't know every player. He, like he might not know some small players in Germany. Yeah, or exactly. Something like that. <laughs> but the 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 point is that, that those two hires on big money um, are a direct attack on his power structure. So we saw um, we saw Wenger say that you know basically I had you know I, I knew about these guys and like the the, the Jonathan Norcroft in the Times said that all of this was done in conjunction with Wenger. I have my doubts Wenger would try and would bring in people with um, a deeper knowledge of the game than him yeah. to work with him. Um, and then uh, they we signed the the Greek defender this week, a defender who was originally going to Dortmund. So it's a Sven signing. Uh, and Wenger said, we know every single player in Europe. He did uh, admit that it was a Sven signing, though, didn't he? He did, yeah. He, but he said um, he, the, he knows every player in uh, in Europe and... Sven's gonna he's basically saying Sven and Raul have to adapt to his way and like they're, he's, they're gonna have to learn his scouts and the point isn't whether Arsene knows every single player in Europe because if he does know every single player in Europe and he put together that squad there's a real problem but I think the um I think the, the point of Sven is that it takes the the option of who to sign out of Wenger's hands because mm. we know that he doesn't have a good uh he's not very good at judging player value now and I think that that's I think that if anything is going to push Wenger out this summer, it's when the inevitable clash comes where Sven and the Barcelona guy say, we need to sign this player for £20 million. And Wenger says no. And then Ivan signs him. And that's going that's the real clash. That's yeah. where uh, I don't think that anything that happens in this season is going to impact whether Wenger stays or goes. Like He's, he's not leaving uh, before his contract is up. Like all of the rumors going around about that are completely wrong. Like he has no way. He's never going to leave. He's never going to leave. But I think this could mark the Sven for Beng for Wenger. That was a terrible pun uh, that I didn't even pronounce correctly. But um, there is, there is something in the back room happening, which is pretty much the only thing you can take out of this season at the moment. Uh, it's the fact that we have hired two very competent people, which is the first time we've been able to actually say that. Um, and there is, I mean, what else can you really, really take away from that? And what I think is amazing is the history that uh, Sven had at Dortmund, that he went head to head with the manager uh, ruthlessly. And that that's something that like, it was incredible that we would hire a person like that. It's almost like, you know, back to your point, Matt, that even knew what he was doing there. And he actually hired people who were famous for taking on management. 
Yeah, I think he's a. I think he is a brilliant signing. If you were going to go after any chief scout in the world, it would be the guy that set up that Dortmund team, like two, under Tuchel. Mm. That football was 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 a different level. So, and I think that's something that's been lost with Arsenal, um, like player projects over um, the last few years. Is we Wenger forgot what won him the Premier League title mm. back in the day, and obviously incredible technical ability, but power and pace. How many players did we sign? And we're like, guy, guy can't run. Like Jacker, like you don't sign a centre midfielder who's weak and and has no pace. Like you sign a player like Kante, um, like Chambers, like he's the, he's the slowest twenty two year old that I, that I can remember. <laughs> How we didn't take twenty two million for him in the summer is beyond me. But now all of those decisions are out of his hands, and that's what, uh, that, I think that that's where a clash might come this summer because Aaron Ramsey is nearly going into the final year of his contract, and I would suspect that they might look at him and be like, if we can get. 35, 40 million for Aaron Ramsey and we can reinvest into somebody who can stay fit for a whole season and not go missing in December every season. Um, I think they might do that and I think that that's where the, you know, Wenger likes to keep his babies, doesn't he? Hmm. Interesting times. So we head into the final part of the show and a really, really fucking weird story. (laughs) Is in uh, is in the in the Daily Mirror today. The Daily Mirror is interesting because one of the most informed contacts, one of the most informed journalists um, at the Mirror is John Cross. He's very close with the club, too close in my opinion. Uh, he wrote wrote a book about Arsene Wenger, um, but the story didn't come from him. It came from a guy called John Jonathan Richardson, or something like that. Anyway, the st- the story centers around Arteta, who um, is seriously being considered to take over. Uh, when Arsene Wenger's contract is up. And the story uh, said that Wenger would pick his successor. Arteta is his choice, which is a massive like slap in the face of your credibility to start with. No one wants to be the, the Moyes to Ferguson. And then the second part of this very weird story was that when Arteta was captain at Arsenal... Um, and you collect player fines, and that either goes on like a Christmas night out or maybe to a charity. Arteta spent it on buying our £2 million a year CEO a really nice watch. <laughs> so this whole, it, it's, it's a hit piece. It's a, it's a hit piece on Arteta. So what I was struggling to work out is, who at Arsenal would have a vendetta against Arteta to plant that story because it didn't go out under John uh, like if it was a real story it's Henri it's Henri isn't it well, yeah, but if it was a real story John Cross would have written it yeah whoever, so whoever it was I like them though I like the yeah. creativity it's such a dirty little rumour isn't it yeah. like bought the CEO watch it's, it makes him sound like such a creep <laughs> um, imagine what Wilshire would have done with all the money from a season oh my, that would have been a, that would have been a Vegas party to remember <laughs> I think, but, is it, but it is interesting the, the rumours ramping up with um with Arteta, because I know that um, Arteta had a choice of going to Spurs, staying at Arsenal or going to City, and he purposely didn't go to Spurs because he wanted to come back. I think uh, everybody can't understand the idea of bringing in somebody who hasn't been a manager. I think it would be great. Well, yeah, you, 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 there's, there's got to be like a, a fluffer period where you put somebody in that can just absorb the pressure for a couple of years. And I think um, if you bring in somebody that understands the culture of the club, uh, somebody that's worked under Pep, um, then you might have uh, a mini Pep uh, revolution at Arsenal and or you might have a sort of Zidane impact. I don't think um, you necessarily need to bring in a Ronald Koeman or some oh, other no. dinosaur to take over from Wenger. 
And I think the fans would get behind an Arteta move. Like that would be exciting. I mean, if you supplemented him with a really good assistant coach with an exciting vision, like I don't think the club, Vieira. yeah, the club is never going to. Oh, I don't think the club ever want to be. Yeah, I, I don't think the club ever want to be in a situation where um, they're controlled by a manager again. And if you hire a Simeone, he's going to bring eighteen of his staff over. So getting rid of him will cost twenty million. Um, so I think I'd like give it a go. It, it, will, it will it will not be worse than what we're witnessing under Arsene Wenger. No, I, I'd love that. He would also have seen two different things. Like he will have played under Arsene and seen how a team performs under the idea of like complete freedom and inspiring talk about being creative, right? And he will have spent time with Pep and seeing how a team performs when it's about philosophy and achieving something that hasn't been achieved before on the pitch in terms of like how we can play together. I think he will be far more inspired by this season than any season he had at Arsenal. Uh, and and I th- he'll have played at Glasgow Rangers and take all the learnings from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been exciting. exciting. So um, we're going to move on swiftly to um, the next uh, possibly cataclysmic event which is uh, Arsenal, Arsenal's last chance of saving the season, really. Mm. Uh, Chelsea. Well, there's, there's two more. Chelsea there's, we've, got, we've got Europa League as well. Uh, too many good teams in the Europa League for us to really make a go of that, I think. Yeah. I, can, I can already see the narrative, though, because the Carabao Cup, uh, who's in that now? It's, it's United, great. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, 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 all, it's, the, it's the best United, is it Is it United and City? United, other, other City, league? Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah, so it, so if we get through the semi-finals, which is possible because we're a bit of a bogey team for for Conte, um, it could be interesting. But I know that um, that so we've we've got a fully rested team going into Wednesday. So um, it's at the bridge on Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, and then um, we should have a full squad to pick from for the second leg. Kalasanak um, will be back. Hopefully, Monreal will be back. I know Aaron Ramsey is slated for a return then. So having all our big players coming back for the the final run of the season. Now, if you start well and end well, yeah, you get I mean, forgiveness. And then we'll we, give him another year. That's what we always do. So what do we think? Quick predictions. Loss. I can't see us beating them over two legs. Unless, of course, we decide to uh, just go all in on it over the over the league and just rest people for the league game in between and and just try and just just try and salvage something from this season. Okay. I'm gonna go with the draw. It can't be a draw because no, it can be a draw on the first leg though. Yeah. We'll be back to report on the second. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, oh, uh, yeah, defeat this Wednesday. Defeat this Wednesday. Okay, happy times. <laughs> you two going against me all day today. This is like a like a, a rebellion. We've always ganged up on you, no? You have, you have. It's very mean. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Cool. So that just like is... the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the internet aren't mean to me anymore because they realise that actually. I was right all along. <laughs> uh, so we will um, we will finish on that note. Um, enjoy the game uh, on Wednesday. Uh, share any comments or feedback um, that you have. And give us a five-star rating on iTunes for please, fuck's sake, people. Please. All this free content we give you. Uh, right. On, uh, on that note, I'll say goodbye. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Pete. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you. Ciao for now. Hey. 
Hey, it's John. You want to look and feel your very best? Visit the team at Cool Contours. They are the number one cool sculpting provider in Virginia. Their award-winning team of certified cool sculpting elite and cool tone specialists work with you to create a fully customized treatment plan to achieve your dream body. Learn more at cool-contours.com. That's cool-contours.com. As ranked by Allergen in June 2021, cool sculpting leads FDA clear to visible fat bulges in nine areas of the body. Some common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.